Ladies and gentlemen, the wait is over. The reigning, defending, undisputed MLS Cup champions have returned, which means that we have also returned. It's the Crew Review. It's your Columbus Crew post-game show where me and another writer from Massive Report review the crew. I'm your host, Andrew Atkins, and joining me today, he's making his long-awaited return. I'm, I think the hype for, for you returning to the podcast is equal or greater to the hype of Columbus Crew returning home. It is none other than Drew Nickham. Drew, how you doing? I'm doing okay, although I think you're overhyping me uh, if you're comparing me to the crew. I will say I'm oftentimes stopped in the street and people say, Andrew, host of Crew Review, when is Drew coming back? And, and I, the next I just... time we play Nashville, that is the next time. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, it's, we're coming off of, of game two of the, of the CONCACAF Champions League. So it's, it's going to be hard to get the energy up after that match. But what we're going to do for the CONCACAF Champions League uh, during the, the leg one and two competitions, uh, all the way up until, you know, the championship when the crew win it, is we're going to kind of do a bridged episodes. So you're not going to get all the, the bells and whistles, the best bests and the worst bests and, and the, uh, the my crew reviews and everything we normally do. What we're going to do is we're going to condense it and we're just going to, we're going to talk about round one. We're going to talk about round two and, and just our general thoughts and feelings. And, and the reason being is I don't, I don't really want to have to record multiple times a week. So <laughs> I had the best of intentions. I, I thought, you know, let's just do this. And, uh, we were, we were all set to go last week, and then uh, I, I had a, a massive thunderstorm here, took out my power, and, and I, I was really bummed coming out of round one because I, I was hyped and I wanted to talk about it. I, I was ready to do a podcast about that match, 4 nothing crew. And, and I'll say, as hyped as I was and as bummed as I was that we couldn't do a podcast for that, I'm pretty glad I don't have to do an entire podcast for, for leg two. That... I don't know how, what, what we could really fill time. It'd be about a five minute podcast and be, Hey, how about that goal? All right. We'll see you next. You know, so, so there's I, more we can discuss, but there yeah, there I, but, I get it. You know, and, and we'll get to it when we get to it, because I, I'm not saying anything negative about the performance. It's exactly what I expected it to be, but crew got it done in round one of the CONCACAF champions league against uh, the, I believe they said the four-time champions in the Nicaraguan League, which is Real Esteli FC. And, uh, you know, when you have an offseason that you, you just don't know when it's going to end, you don't know when the season's going to come back because we're still in this COVID world. And I know, Drew, you were just telling me you're all vaccinated and ready to go, so you're running around. Well, half vaccinated. <laughs> you're so you're, you're wearing half a mask. Are you just wearing it under the nose like most people in Ohio? No, because I have common sense. <laughs> so it, it, it was a long way. It really wasn't the longest offseason in the world because the Columbus crew did go all the way to the end. Actually, I found this out today. It is the longest offseason in the league in 15 years. Really? Well, mm-hmm. just correct me then. I'm going to make you feel like an idiot. But I, I'll say it's it a fun fact. It didn't feel as long, and maybe that's just because we were riding that high for – I will say I don't think I've had a day go by without soccer because I've watched the MLS Cup at least 736 times. <laughs> so As you should. <laughs> so I'll say when this offseason seemed to drag on because you didn't know when the season was going to start. You didn't know anything, just like the whole world nowadays you don't ever know what what you're going to get or or when anything's going to do anything it's it's the years that just seem to never end and drag on forever but when you finally come back after that wait and have a matchup like Columbus Crew had last week against Rial Esteli boy I'm ready to lift the trophy already I mean we we saw this depth in this roster just being bolstered and built up over the offseason and uh, to go down to Nicaragua and Columbus Crew win four to nothing, I that's what a way to come back from an off season. And uh, we'll get into your thoughts and feelings real quick. We'll just go over. Uh, it was Jossie Zardes with the brace, 
And then we had the captain, Jonathan Mensa, kind of, uh, I'd say, trip over a ball into the goal, but it, it was a goal nonetheless. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the penalty kick by Pedro Santos to end the half and then the crew scoring for, uh, for about 90 minutes until the end of the next game. But I don't know how you could feel much better coming out of that matchup. Now, granted, I don't know much about Royal Esteli, but uh, according to the announcers, they've never won a game in the CONCACAF Champions League. So take it with a grain of salt, take it how you will. But I know I was, I was riding, I was riding high, Drew. How were you feeling coming off that 4-0 beatdown? Oh, I, well, I was feeling pretty great. I mean, to give a little context, I know a little bit about Real Esteli. I mean, they're a really good team. Um, they have a really young manager. He's like 24. Um, Which is insane. I think they said that he's younger than the vast majority of players on their team. Yeah, I, that's like putting me on the field and telling me to coach, and I could not do that. I don't know how he does it. But, um, yeah, they've won the last two league titles in Nicaragua. They're, they're a good team. Like, it's an impressive to beat them 4-0 in Nicaragua because, as we know, Central American playing conditions aren't always – as great as people have found with the U.S. national team and also just differences in weather, climate, elevation. So the crew going to Managua, the capital, and winning 4-0 is, uh, with not a full starter, with not all the full starters in the lineup even, having a few, like, backups in, it's pretty impressive to get that victory. Well, and something that makes you feel even better, (laughs) they went to Nicaragua and won on the road, and uh, the announcer was saying the crew actually were supposed to fly down a few days before the match. They had travel issues, didn't get there till the day before the match. And, and what's really impressive about that is Columbus couldn't win on the road anywhere last year. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't win in Cincinnati last year. So, I mean, a, a, an hour or two trip north, they can't get a victory, but they go all the way to Nicaragua and pull off a road win. That right there meant the world to me because <laughs> you can't win every MLS cup if you can't win an away game. It's, a, it's amazing that they pulled it off last year. So a road win felt huge in my book. Yeah, the crew have not won a road game outside of Columbus or they have not won a game outside of Columbus or Florida <laughs> since 2019. So this is, this is pretty good getting off to uh, a good start. Um, fun fact, though, the last time the crew won 4-0 was in Florida against FC Cincinnati. So we're off to yeah. a good start. Yeah, and uh, it's not something you see a lot with Columbus. I mean, they're, they're a very good team, but they're not a run-the-score-up team unless it's against Cincinnati or in the MLS Cup. So it, 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 was, it was really good to see. And I'll say coming out of match one uh, – it's tough to talk about now. I was super hyped about Aiden Morris, just looking like he's going to continue his streak of being excellent. Of course, we'll talk about this later, but in match two, not feeling as good about Aiden Morris. Um, we'll get to that, though. We'll, we'll have the nice, happy stuff first, and yes. then we'll get to the sad part. Absolutely. Jossie Zardes, uh, an absolute clinic. I, I will say I, I had a, a little bit of PTSD when Jossie's sitting on a brace and there's a penalty kick and I saw an, an art, a midfielder step up to take that penalty kick, I, I got flashbacks of Kai Kamara and Federico Iguain fighting over the ball. But this Columbus crew is very different. I, I was hoping to see Jossie get that penalty kick because Jossie Zardes hat trick in the first match of 2021 would have been great to see. But – you can understand Caleb Porter's trepidation, seeing as Jossie hasn't scored a penalty kick since I don't remember when. And yeah, the, the crew scored a penalty kick. I feel that's the part we should take away from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. More positives. They scored off a corner. They scored a penalty kick. All vast improvements from last season. I, things I'm not sure happened last season. Well, I, I think Pedro scored uh, a penalty kick or two last season. They were not things that happened often. And us adding that in now is a vast improvement going into the season. So those are some, some takeaways for me from that match is we saw a penalty kick scored. We saw a goal off a corner kick, which legitimately I can't, I'm I'm racking my brain. I don't recall a time in 2020 crew scored off of a penalty kick. 
I know they scored off a set piece, and that was a back to the FC Cincinnati conversation. That was uh, Lucas Celarion's banger off that free kick. But we saw some things we were really sorely missing in 2020. It's as good as Crew was in 2020. There were quite a few flaws that uh, make it super impressive that they did what they did. And we saw some of those flaws being addressed. And um, we, we got to see, I believe, in, in match one, Artur took the pitch in the second half. Am I, am I correct on that? I'm happy uh, yes, he came on for – I had this up. He came on for, I think, Aiden Morris. I believe so. I believe you're right. So Aiden got a yellow card. That was refreshing to see because uh, we know he was coming off that hernia surgery, so we weren't sure if uh, if he was going to be available right off the rip. And and I'll get to Artur more in match two, too. Artur and the growth of him, uh, that we saw in him in, in 2020 has really continued into this season where match two you saw him be kind of the veteran that held the midfield together but I felt I felt really good we saw some debuts coming from match one I'll say the people you leave match one talking about are the people you typically leave a match talking about Lucas Celeron he's he's just amazing what can you say about him I, I actually was doing the game grades for match two today and I have never been more bored writing an article. That was such a tough game to grade because it just wasn't designed for that. But when Lucas Zellerand comes on the pitch, it's, it's a different game. He's in a different league. Uh, Jossi Zarda is great. Pedro Santos continues to do his thing and just be solid. Anything for you for match one that just really sticks out that you want to talk about? I, I think um. everybody just felt great. Only a couple other things, but off of uh, Zellerayon, I mean, this these games are like his natural environment. I mean, he's played a lot of games in CCL with T. Grace, um, who, as everyone should know, are like the best team on the continent of the last decade. So, like, he has the experience in this competition, um, which we can talk more when we get to the Monterey preview. I think they were even saying that as of when that matchup started, at least, Lucas Zellerion was the only player on the pitch who had won a CCL game that was playing in that match. Now, that can't be said for match two because the crew won match one, but pretty, yeah. a pretty interesting stat there. Like I said, Aiden Morris, we came out of that match feeling really good about him. Um, I, I was impressed with what we saw from Columbus. We saw a lot of debuts, but nothing's really to write home about. The second half was just kind of a, a holding pattern of, of let's get some young legs, young minutes. Let's get out of this game with a 4-0 victory. And uh, that continues into match two where now a, a little backstory. I was actually supposed to go to match two. I was really hyped about it. I, I, I keep thinking this is the last time I'm ever going to be in what we can say is historic crew stadium trademark trademark at this point and uh, I thought the season finale or the season closer against Atlanta was going to be the last time I was in that stadium ended up getting to come back for MLS cup and I thought I'm going to get to come back for a CCL match in Columbus this is going to be incredible long story short I ended up not being able to make it to the match and I was it was a gut punch I was feeling super defeated until I watched the match and it, let's say it was a cold night and uh it was a cold game i i don't want to steal steal your joke from before the show so uh, i'll let you sum it up with with exactly what you told me before we started recording yeah so i was at the game um yeah i as i was telling me before we recorded um if I was trying to get a friend who said he thought soccer was boring into soccer, I would have taken him to last week's game. I probably wouldn't have taken him to last night's game. That doesn't mean there's not stuff worth talking about. It just, it was not as exciting as a match. I, when I was doing the game grades, I think the highest grade I gave was to Caleb Porter because we knew what it was going to be once we saw the 4-0 scoreline. As long as Columbus didn't lose by more than three to nothing, they were advancing. And, and the storyline throughout the match was, let's get 
fresh players, young players. Let's get them some minutes in a competitive league. And at the end of the match, I, I had a feeling it was exactly what we were going to see. Let's throw in the attack right at the end, get a goal, get out of there with a win because a win, a win in the, in the champions league is important down the road in determining who gets to host what matches, let's say for the championship. And I believe the, uh, the semifinals, um, but that doesn't mean it was necessarily entertaining to watch. So we did see a lot of young players make their debuts. Uh, we, we saw Bradley Wright Phillips start his first ever match for the crew. I, he played a little bit in, uh, in Nicaragua, but this was his first start. And I'll ask you of the players who you saw for the first time in this leg one and leg two, who stuck out to you and who did you feel was really uh, not, not much worth talking about, I guess. Um, I feel that last part would be unfair. Cause I mean, Porter put out a lot of kids for this game, which mm. is good. It gets getting them good minutes in a game that essentially the outcome is known ahead of time, like how it's going to go. So this was good minutes um, for a lot of people. Um, we'll get to Aiden Morris shortly i'm sure but um i I think the three key ones throughout the match were probably bradley wright phillips um isaiah parente uh the homegrown player that porter and the staff have been raving about um the reason we've signed him um and perry kitchen who put in time as a center back which i don't think is his normal position and in defensive mid um it's not his normal position and i don't I don't believe he actually ended up – so he started as a center back, and, and we'll just get into it now. It was, I believe, four minutes into the match. Aiden Morris goes for a challenge on a, on a Rail S, the lead player, and I still, despite watching the replay, and uh, to be fair, I was weeping heavily, so maybe I wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to quite see what happened. But it looks like he just – his leg landed wrong when he took a step, and I, I still – I don't know what happened. We just saw that he was down. He came off the pitch and about five minutes later, I saw him being stretchered out of the stadium. And what a gut punch for, for crew fans. This is a kid who, uh, you know, I didn't know his name uh, this time last year. And then now I, I think he's etched into history for Columbus crew, getting that start in MLS cup earning his spot on the pitch. And, and I was actually having a conversation with a, another guy who hosts the show with me a lot, Thomas Costello today. And, and I said, uh, I really believe even with the depth in that midfield, we would have seen a lot of Morris coming on at late in matches, getting minutes, but I don't know the severity. I know that master report put out an article today saying it doesn't look good, but tell me, how did you feel watching Aiden Morrison? Did you have any other perception of what happened? Uh, yeah, I was on that side of the field sitting where it happened. Um, I can't remember exactly how the collision occurred, but like he kind of goes down like off the sideline. So the game keeps going, but you can tell just the way he's there and the fact that he's not getting back up, that he's definitely not injured. And he, he managed to walk to the bench, but I mean, they decided to stretch him off. Like they couldn't even like, put weight on his leg it looked like um yeah it's not good um the crew put out an injury report it just says knee injury right now um they're expecting more of an update tomorrow um real gut punch for the team for him uh, especially because he was really growing into it based off his last couple performances I mean his dominating role in MLS cup um he was one of the best players on the field in the first leg and now this is just no it's it's a real shame hopefully he hopefully it's not as serious as they think it is although unfortunately i think it is um but hopefully he's able to get back on the field sooner than later and i'll tell you you talk about he's he was really growing into that role we've seen that Caleb Porter is not afraid to reward players despite their longevity or their youth or or what have you we see a veteran like Perry Kitchen join the Columbus crew. And when the crew needed a next man up in the defensive mid, 
in Nicaragua, it was Aiden Morris. And so it, it, it's a gut punch. It's a gut punch to see somebody work so hard to earn the position. And then uh, hopefully he recovers and is back quickly. But Crew is a team that notoriously played the cards close to the vest when it comes to injuries. So for Porter to come out and just say it doesn't look good, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. But let's talk about some other, some other youth and some other players that are new to Columbus Crew. You talked about Perry Kitchen. Um, I was impressed with him in, in leg two. Uh, played the full match, like you said. Uh, has to be a versatile player for Porter to start him as a center back, even though he's, he's naturally a midfielder. I felt like he put in a good match. Uh, we saw some returning faces. We saw Abubakar Kaida, Waylon Francis in, in the second match. And, and they were all, you know, they were solid. Uh, in terms of uh, Isaiah Parente, a guy that uh, Porter's been speaking incredibly highly about, said he's very excited to have on the team. We saw him put on a full performance. I, in the first half, he was taking all of the set pieces for Columbus before Zellerian took the pitch. Those were inconsistent at best, I'd say. Not great, but everything he did on the ball besides the set pieces – I think you can see why Porter's excited about the prospect. Um, I'll say really in terms of players that were new to me that left, I have to be careful what I say. Look, I mean, I know that Columbus players read massive report articles and I know that sometimes they're not thrilled about, let's say a player grade. And um, Oh, I know. I could only imagine what, like, uh, let's say last year, Fernando Adi ever listened to my podcast. I can only imagine what a, a player could think sometimes. Uh, so I got to be careful what I say sometimes. But, uh, Miguel Berry, uh, if I never saw him again, I don't think I would notice. This, <laughs> this performance was, uh, he really struggled to find a, a way to make an impact in this match. So, but like you said, a lot of youth, a lot of an experience playing together. Not everybody's going to shine in that. I don't want to be too hard on him. Somebody... Yeah, I'm going to choose to be a bit more fair to him. I mean, this was, I think this was his first ever game with the, like actually playing yeah. for the crew. Yeah. It's his first ever start, first ever, it's his debut. And I mean, he's still a young kid. I We drafted him last year. So the fact that he's still on the roster and they might loan him out again, of course, but the fact that he's still on the roster means they obviously still see some potential in him and think he can contribute in some way. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to come up. I'm probably being more harsh because of the fact that I did the game grade. So I had the deep dive That's into fair. every player and, uh, while deep diving into every player, I'm like, Oh, he played. So I, that's, <laughs> that's just the, the honesty. I I'm sorry. I will say, like I said, Caleb Porter, somebody who that next man up means so much in Columbus, as we saw last year. Uh, that's where we saw Aiden Morris, Sebastian Burhalter, uh, Derek Etienne Jr. in MLS Cup. We, we saw Derek Etienne Jr. last week at right back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Tarbell last season. We saw, which uh, I will never say another good thing about simply by association at this point. But you know how I felt if you listened to the podcast last season. So we know the next man up is important. And the next man up in terms of substitutions when Aiden Morris went off the pitch was Grant Lillard, who came on the field and assumed that uh, center back role. And then we saw Kitchen move forward into where he's more comfortable. And Grant Lillard impressed me. I thought that uh, he, looked, he looked confident and good enough in that position to where I felt like you could swap him out with a Josh Williams or uh, an Abubakeda. You can, he really fit into the system and he was somebody that I felt like in that match, that was one of those moments where you could see him maybe earning some minutes late into the match uh, in a, in an MLS game when the crew have a comfortable lead. You know what I mean? I, I think, I think that's the case where maybe some other players missed the ball there where he, he really earned uh, uh, maybe a second look in the future. Yeah, uh, that was, this was also Lillard's debut. Um, uh, a couple of people before the match thought he might actually get the start at center back, considering the circumstances. Um, I'd be interested to know 
what Porter's thoughts on it were starting Perry Kitchen there and then deciding to send Lillard on after Morris was injured. I don't know what the exact logic was, but it's interesting. Maybe he's trying to see how people can fit at different positions, especially because as we know, as crew fans, injury bugs will hit and we will eventually manage to lose like five players to injury. So he might be trying to experiment to see uh, where people can fit on the field. Yeah. Match one, we were down both of our right backs and, and then we saw at the infill in that role. And part of me almost feels like Porter's trolling also like <laughs> maybe next game we'll see uh, Eloy room at left back or something. I, I think he's just, well, at this point, I don't think you can afford to, to, uh, experiment quite as much as he did against Rael Esteli. We know that Columbus. No more trolling. Right. We know Columbus are advancing to, uh, to face Monterey. Now, before we move on from that. So the match, like we've already said, it it was dull. It was what you'd expect from uh, an an inexperienced team that, that doesn't play together regularly and has that much youth, uh, not nothing too impressive from Columbus. Nothing too impressive from Real Astley. I believe both teams had two shots on goal throughout the matchup. One of those shots comes late in the match, where at this point we've seen Lucas Elleron get subbed into the game, and we have seen Pedro Santos get subbed into the game. So when you get that attacking mid, that is Santos, Zellerian, and Luis Diaz, it's almost impossible to not score a goal. So. Sure enough, Zellerion feeds the ball to Bradley Wright Phillips. BWP with his first goal in black and gold. Well, the, the right black and gold. His first <laughs> goal in, in Columbus. And that secures Columbus the win, which, as we've said, important moving forward. So not the most entertaining match, not the most pretty match, but Porter's game plan was effective, and, and it worked out. So how did you feel match two? Yeah, I, I will say when he subbed on Valenzuela after, or not Valenzuela, well, he did also sub on Valenzuela, but when he subbed on Zellerayan at halftime, um, the whole dynamic of the game changed. Like the first half was by far the duller of the two. Like you there were a lot more chances. There was a lot more attack. Like there was just a lot more creativity on the field when Zellerayan was put yeah. on, which you, just you, really shows the potential he throws into a game. You can't not notice when he's on the pitch. Yeah, he demands your attention. Uh, I will say I, I kind of I forgot to mention, in terms of the first half, the player that impressed me, I'd say above and beyond any other player on the pitch was Luis Diaz, who I I know uh, I know there's a lot of crew fans who just can't wait for him to score a goal. He continues to be what a what a source of energy and aggression and speed. Uh, Luis Diaz excites me to have on this team. And, and uh, I know that I think, I think we all assume that Kevin Molino is going to take that starting position when he's healthy, but what a sub, a super sub we're going to have in Luis Diaz when he can come on the match late in the game when defenses are tired because fresh legs can't keep up with Diaz, let alone a tired defense. So he, he really stuck out to me in that match. I think there was only like what he's known for kind of taking those shots where it's like, Oh, you should probably pass that ball. We saw that a couple times, but still, man, he was constantly trying to get the ball to, to BWP whenever he had a, whenever he had an opportunity. And uh, he, he really stuck out to me. How do you feel about, about what you saw from Luis Diaz this far? Uh, yeah. I, Luis looks great. Um, he's still got that same, I mean, he's just sprints down the sideline or just, amazing every time um he didn't ha- get a lot of options to like be able to shoot on goal so we don't know if his shooting has improved as much but he was always trying to get passes into the box um which won us a lot of corners especially in the second half um i'd actually like to talk more about who i think is the man of the match um regardless of him scoring but bradley wright phillips i mean in the first half he was the most creative player on the field like just all the moves the way he was trying to get the ball forward. It was very impressive, particularly considering he's 36 and had to go the whole 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Bradley Wright Phillips is the backup striker in Columbus. And that says all you need to know about this roster this year. And I will say it's, it's weird to say because Phillips is the, the veteran in this position, but I, uh, 
very Jossie Zardas like in terms of just always getting into the position he needs to be in. Uh, fits perfectly into the Caleb Porter system, into the Columbus system. Like you said, definitely, definitely a force to be reckoned with. Had he been the striker in leg one, we could have very well seen a, a Bradley Wright Phillips brace. Or so, yeah. You feel good about the attack. You feel good about the defense when we have our defense. I just felt great coming out of out of those two matches where. You know, the game plan was what it was, and it was executed well. The one thing, uh, to me, if I'm looking at drawbacks, I'm not going to say an experienced player is not having a great game was a drawback. It's exactly what you expected going into that match. I will say the one drawback coming out of round one of the CONCACAF Champions League, I I actually had a list, but I forgot my, my... notebook I was writing in at work today I believe Columbus came out of round one with correct me if I'm wrong 47 yellow cards (laughs) well um close um I have it pulled up I can um I'm gonna go let me go off memory and you tell me you tell me who I'm missing um Jonathan Mensah Lucas Zellerian yes Jossie Zardes um no no? Okay, I felt like it was Zardes. All right, uh, was it Aiden Morris? Yes. Darlington Nagby with the extremely rare yellow card. Yes. Uh, and Who also picked up an injury. It, don't, don't even. And uh, is that it? Am I missing anybody? You're missing Waylon Francis. Waylon Francis. Now, Who, why- him and Zellerion, both like six seconds after going on the field, got yellow cards. And why this is important is in the Champions League, Yellow cards accumulate. If any of these players pick up one more yellow card before the semifinal, they have to miss a match. I don't know about you. I don't want to miss Darlington Nagby or Lucas Zellerion or Jonathan Mensah. So these were – we're already missing Aiden Morris, unfortunately. So these were uh, – some of them questionable at best, I would say. Uh, it seemed like Real Estelid was playing, especially in Nicaragua, super aggressive – and it just got to the point where the, the ref was just like, okay, if you bump into another player, I'm giving you a yellow card. Uh, some of them, the Lucas Celerion, he stomped on a boot. It, more understanding there. That, that if, if I had a drawback, that to me is the drawback moving forward. Is we did have a couple injuries. Uh, I don't think Nagby's seemed like it was a very serious thing. Yeah, he might be back on Sunday. Uh, Aiden Morris seems like that's that's more of a situation. So, but yeah, uh, welcome to Concacaf. We offer you yellow cards and injuries. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> we know that no MLS team has ever won the Champions League before. So it, it, I don't know. It's hard for me to. I care and I'm invested, but at the same time. I care infinitely more about winning an MLS cup than I do about winning a CONCACAF champions league. And I don't want to see the situations we ran into last year where we should have, in my opinion, Columbus would have won the supporter shield had Lucas Zellerion and Darlington Agby stayed healthy. I don't want to see that again this year. I want to see all the trophies. I personally really want to win the Champions League, but no, that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, picking up a lot of injuries early isn't ideal. Um, Columbus does have a lot of depth, but it would be ideal to not have to test all of that depth so early in the season. I guess the way I look at it is I really want to win the lottery, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to take my rent money and pay my rent instead of buying lottery tickets. So I want Columbus to win the, the Champions League, but realistically they're probably not going to so let's take our rent money and pay the rent and win another MLS cup that, that's kind of my perspective of it but I feel like that's a good segue into our next matchup in the Champions League against Monterey yeah uh this one is uh it's let's just put it this way it ain't no rail Esteli uh Monterey a a force to be reckoned with here uh crew's going to be what a challenging week Columbus crew have coming up uh we're playing we're playing Monterey and then we're turning around or or no pardon we're playing Philadelphia Union and then turning around and playing 
Monterey. Uh, I guess. And then Toronto, I think, and then Monterey. Yeah, it's not a it's not a cakewalk for Columbus getting into uh, 2021 here. We can we can jump in since we're talking CCL. We can jump right into Monterey. I I will say this. My attention to soccer is pretty divided equally between Columbus Crew and Manchester City. Who, by the way, I mean, how many championships can oh, my teams dear. win, boys? But, well, uh, I'm a Real Madrid fan, so we can win many. So. Well, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that last year it seemed like everybody I had on my show was a Liverpool fan and just wanted to talk about Liverpool. So this season, everybody best be ready for a lot of Manchester City talk. But uh, so with my attention being kind of solely focused on teams that win championships uh, <laughs> that I like, at least, I don't know a lot of these CCL teams. I know – Monterey in terms of they're scary and there's a lot of hype behind them. Uh, I think you're an infinitely smarter human being than me. And I think you're, you're the one we can jump more to for, for what, what can we expect with this match coming up next week? We can expect pain. Um, No. um, Well, maybe. Um, Yeah. So there are three Liga Mekis teams left in the tournament, Cruz Azul, Club America, Monterey. Two of those are on the Cruz side of the bracket before the final, Monterey and Cruz Azul. Um, those are the three best teams in the Mexican League right now. Uh, Monterey currently sits in third. They've been one of the best teams in Mexico over the last decade. Uh, it's a really tough challenge. Um, I heard somewhere today that in the last five years, MLS teams have done much better against Liga Mackey's sides. But the two teams that have really just messed with us are Tigres and Monterey. So it's going to be a really tough matchup for the crew. But I will say, Lucas Elleron played for Tigres, who are Monterey's eternal rivals. So he might have a big chip on his shoulder in this matchup. So that's something going into this that could, well, could really make the difference. And and maybe it's because I'm a Columbus fan, but to me, this crew feels different than what we see in most MLS teams. This is a well-rounded, well-crafted team with a superb amount of depth. And Caleb Porter has a tendency of winning trophies. So if there's a coach in a team that can do it, this is that coach in that team. But... I'm also wondering, and, and I don't know, maybe this is my own personal thing. I'm also wondering how much do we throw into that. Uh, with MLS running concurrently with the CONCACAF Champions League, do you see, where do you see the focus? We, we know that every player can't play in every match. So we do have a, a very solid backup. We have Bradley Wright Phillips. We have Jossie Zardes in the striking position. So, I, I'm assuming that whoever we see play in CCL will see the other in MLS. Where do you see where do you see the focus for Columbus moving into this? Do you see the focus being getting these early points in MLS, or do you see the focus being more towards you know CCL? It's a short term thing; you have to win. Where do you see this moving forward? Well, this is the question every year that every MLS team in the tournament has to decide how much well, do you invest in this. I haven't had to pay attention this? to it for 10 years. So. Well, I'm just giving you the context. <laughs> um, this is what the teams have to decide because um, the Champions League is always at the beginning of the season for MLS sides. And it's always at the end of the season for the Mexican side. So it's, I mean, there's a big gap in just where teams are at and an emphasis on trying to start off the season really well. I mean, for example, um, a few years ago, Toronto went all in on trying to win it and they made the final and lost on penalties. And, but going all in on that ruined the rest of their season. Like they just never recovered from it, but the crew have the depth and the quality that I think they can manage to do both. Um, particularly since today it was said that the U S open cup, um, will not be played in the spring. So, it's tentatively canceled. So the crew are not as reliant on getting into that tournament 
based on the first few points of the season. So I think the crew should hopefully be going all in to try to be the first team to win this tournament. They're, they've got the depth. They've got the quality. They can do this if they put in the effort. And I don't know if you saw the video that uh, Columbus put on their social media. Uh, I actually tried to pull it up. I was going to play the audio of it, but my Twitter is not working at the moment. I think Twitter's down. Um, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, there goes but, my uh, evening. Yeah, I can't see what Thomas Costello is up to. But um, there was a video put out of a, a team meeting or where they were watching film, and Caleb Porter had the, the bracket pulled up. And he made it very clear, we're here to win championships. We're here to fill that trophy cabinet. Uh, you know, in, in 10 years, nobody's going to remember a specific game. They're going to remember the hardware you left behind. So Porter made his intentions very clear there. He wants to win championships. Uh, he's, he's got a proven track record. We, we've seen Porter once in the, in the CCL with the Portland Timbers. Didn't make it past round one. Columbus breezed through round one. So I think you're right. I think we see, I think we see a focus. Uh, probably put more. I'd say the, the focus has to be split. So I think we're going to see more of a focus in CCL while it's running concurrently. But, uh, you know, crew have the rest of the season to make up points if we drop points. Tough season, though. Tough way to start the season. It's, it's not like we were playing FC Cincinnati uh, three times in a row. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going, we're going headfirst into this season. And, you know, we got, to, we got to splash our foot around in the baby pool for, for round one of CCL, but right into the deep end for round two. Yeah, I mean, it should also be noted if the crew make it past the quarterfinals, the semifinals are not until August. So this will not completely upend the entire next month of the crew season, win or lose. So, and since they were able to rest on Thursday, I expect a strong lineup to be put out on Sunday against Philly. Because, uh, I mean, the club knows the importance of winning that first game, particularly against last year's Supporter Shield winners. And a team that Columbus didn't seem to struggle beating last year. They were, uh, they were a team Columbus were able to pull out results against. So we'll, we'll talk about Philly in a second. We'll talk about MLS in a second. We have to do it. It's hard for me. Uh, <laughs> real talk because Patrick Murphy doesn't listen to my podcast. Patrick Murphy is the <laughs> editor of Massive Report, and he sends out prediction emails. And I didn't return either prediction email for Real Esteli because I didn't know. I, I didn't even want to take a guess. I had no idea what the score was going to be because they're not a team I'm familiar with. And, uh, well, round two, I just simply forgot the email in back because I, I, I could have predicted a, a one-nil win or a, a low-scoring game. Monterey, what, uh, what do you think? What are your predictions? Uh, we'll go – let's say – let's not worry about – Let's just say aggregate. What's your aggregate prediction? Okay, well, I just decided to look at Monterey's schedule because we're towards the end of the Mexican season right now. So right before they play us, they have their big rivalry matchup with Tigres. And then right after the first leg, they have their last game of the season, which will determine seeding for their playoffs. So Monterey might be less focused on us. Drew, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. Am I going too long? You're not at all going too long. <laughs> In fact, quite the opposite. You're annoying me, but not because you're going too long, but because you have done infinitely more show prep than I have. Oh, for no, I'm podcast, doing this all right now. <laughs> well, I, it's just like you're, you're kind of making me look dumb here, all right? So, no. no I was That's good. why you bring another writer on to provide other things. Yeah, I don't even have to watch the games. I just have to look at the score and see what you guys think. But go ahead, carry on. You're actually – this is very interesting. Yeah. Um, this is a really tough matchup. And I really wish the first leg was in Monterey or at Monterey because um, I would like the final match to be determined here. But I think the crew will win the first leg – but I think, think they'll just lose the second. And I'm going to say, 
I'm going to say they go out 3-2 on aggregate. My – I was going to say 5-3 crew go out aggregate. But that is uh, maybe doing a disservice to, to our defense. I, I'm thinking uh, you might be closer. You might be closer with yours. I'm hoping we're both wrong. I'm hoping that, uh, that, you know, Columbus is the greatest team the world's ever seen, so why can't they beat some Mexican teams? It's just, it's just how it is. Uh, so I think, I think we're both on the same page. I think that's kind of the fear of a lot of people here is, is this is a tough roadblock, a tough hill to climb. So we're both, we're both predicting crew go out in round two. Hopefully we're both wrong. Looking forward to MLS, however, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about the home opener. Cruise miss right around the corner. Uh, I, I don't know what we'd call what we just saw if it wasn't cruise miss. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something witty and funny, but I, it's, I'm just drawing. Krunica? Krunica. So we just, it was like an eight-day span. Yeah, that's perfect. So we just watched Krunica. And, uh, now we're on know, to cruise miss. We got lots of gifts and uh, coming – we, we got at least eight red guards, or I mean, yellow cards to uh, celebrate Krunica. So, Cruz Miss right around the Five goals. <laughs> yeah. Three injuries. <laughs> and a partridge and a pear tree. So, MLS season opener right around the corner against Philadelphia Union. What do you feel about that match? I, I feel pretty good about this one, actually, in comparison to the, the Monterey ones. I will say, Philly like murdered Saprisa on thir- on Wednesday in the Champions League. But Philly have lost a lot of pieces that they sold to Europe. I mean, they're still going to be good this year. But I think on opening day, the crew have what it takes to win 3-1. I'm going 2 nothing. But uh, I, I just – I'm a firm believer that uh, we have a defense and we have a keeper that are really good at getting clean sheets. And uh, we saw that – when we had a healthy team last season, we saw clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet. I'm going into this match thinking we're going to have a healthy lineup and we're going to get us a clean sheet. So, so I'm going, I'm going to nothing. And uh, I, I think we're, we're both feeling the same way about both CCL and MLS. So I, I would say, what's your predictions on where crew end up in CCL overall, but we already, we already decided that. My prediction is Monterey wins the whole tournament. So, I, I go back, I hop in my time machine, and I go back to the, the wee twilight hours of 2020 where I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I thought, what a great year we're about to have. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the wheels fell off, and, and what a poop year it was. But the one thing I was right about last year was that Columbus crew – we're going to win the MLS cup. I said it in preseason. I'll consider this. I'll consider this still preseason at the moment. We're looking at MLS. It's right ahead of us. Way too early prediction, emotional overreaction. I was waiting for this. Where do you see Columbus crew ending their 2021 campaign? Yeah. So I didn't pick the crew to win the MLS cup last year. Nobody did but me. I I picked us to finish in third, which we did. But I picked us to lose in the conference finals. But that's besides the point. This year, I am predicting the crew do the double. Supporters Shield MLS Cup. First team to defend the MLS Cup since, I believe, the LA Galaxy. Maybe. I feel like. Or the Houston like... Dynamo, one of those two. Either way, it's been a while, and the crew are going to do it. Did Seattle and Toronto not play back to back? They did, but neither of them defended. <laughs> All right. Oh, yes, yes, they both lost. Neither of them kept it. Yes, correct. Okay. The yes. crew will keep it. They will get a third star on that jersey, and they will get their fourth supporter shield. And they'll have a little Illuminati triangle with the new star system. Yeah. So, what a, you know, all right, I'm going to get sidetracked. I'm going to hold off on this conversation. My predictions, something always goes wrong uh, for Columbus crew. <laughs> oh, no. When it comes to injuries, when it comes to uh, years where our focus has to be split, uh, something always goes wrong. So I'm going to say we are the best team in the East, but 
something horrible happens where we end up losing half of our games in the middle of the season. I'm going to say Columbus finish. Uh, I'll say third again. I'll say third in the East and then they do what they do best. Go on a run through the uh, playoffs, win the MLS cup again, because why not? Why not us? Why not now? That's what we said a few years ago when we didn't win. So uh, what a better way, you know, we sent out historic crew stadium trademark trademark with a trophy. Let's welcome in a uh, new crew stadium, which will be probably like, I don't know, first energy stadium or something by a few weeks from now. Oh, I forgot to mention my prediction is we'll beat the Portland Timbers in the MLS cup. final. I like it. I like it. I, have no earthly idea. I want it. I made a whole bracket. I'm very excited. Man, the season ain't started. You got brackets. I, 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 I always before the season starts, I make my predictions of where teams will land, and then to make the MLS Cup prediction, I make the bracket from there. Fair enough. I, uh, I would like personally to uh, to be LAFC in the final just because uh, they're the ones that like Columbus. Well, it's not even the black and gold rivalry because, let's be real, their black and gold is a little different than our black and gold. Nashville's color scheme annoys me more than theirs. It's more so that, like, Columbus can be in the MLS Cup facing Seattle, and it seems like odds makers are still like, LAFC are favored to win the Cup. And it's like, they're not even in the game, man. So, like, the team that, for some reason, continuously – is touted as the best team in the league, even though they've never won a cup. I would really like to beat that. I'm a firm believer. I do think uh, they're second best in the league. I'm a firm believer as a fan of the nature boy, Ric Flair, that to be the man, you got to beat the man. That's why last season when Seattle made it to the cup and everyone's like, oh no, not Seattle. I was like, no, this is perfect because they're already going to try to asterisk this season and say, well, it was a weird season and they played Cincinnati 46 times. Beating Seattle and beating them soundly, uh, pardon the pun, was, it was. That solidified it to me to where, like, you can take your asterisks and shove it up your asterisk because (laughs) it it was the team that we needed to beat. So, Next on the list, I want crew to just take out giants every season at this point. So, so let's let's lay another giant in uh, NAL, uh, NLAFC. So I'm going to say and that. Yeah, you don't think they'll beat Monterey. <laughs> it's a I'm different. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm it's a different ball game, man. Um, you said a giant. Yeah. There's not much gianter. I'm talking MLS Lord. giants. It's a different. It's a different giant than a than a than a Liga MX giant. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my way too early prediction and say Columbus, LAFC. Now, you brought up black and gold. And before we wrap, I, I wanted to do a pod. Look, okay. I had a lot of ideas <laughs> for podcasts that I was going to do during the off season. And I can make up some excuses. I could lie to you. What happened is the season ended and I became this unmotivated lump that I, I wrote zero articles. I recorded... I did get a few, we got, you know, we got the cruisies, we got the season recap and we had a, a really fun fantasy draft. Nothing else I wanted to do came to fruition. I just, I was an unmotivated lump, but I wanted to do a podcast with this Jersey reveal. I didn't get around to it and I didn't tell you we were doing this. So I'm going to, I'm going to give my opinions on this Jersey and then I'm going to ask your opinions on this Jersey. Oh, the new, the new, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's the it's supposed to be the inaugural stadium jersey. So I have two inaugural points. Inaugural stadium kit, yes. I have two points to make. One, as looking at the inaugural stadium kit, I feel as inspired as I did watching leg two of the CONCACAF Champions League. And secondly, the new stadium to me is a thing of beauty. It is something I'm so excited about. It is beautiful. I love, I love the design of it. I love how different it is. So to say this beautiful, unique, different stadium encouraged us to make a jersey that looks like every single other away kit in the league, 
it, it really baffles me. How can something so inspired create something so uninspiring, Drew? I disagree. <laughs> Maybe it's a hot take. I like the jersey. I like, in a vacuum. In a vacuum. I like the four Columbus kit, so I can't. I can't get into. Oh my god! They, how can you even talk on this subject? Those are those were voted by Massive Report and its readers last year as the worst kit. It was not voted by me, and also this new kit hadn't come out yet. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I will say. The four Columbus kit was at least something. It was something. This kid's nothing. Okay. I thought that at first. I've seen it in person. Looks way better in person. People, I don't think people even necessarily hate the kit. I think they just hate that it's not yellow, which is fair. That's completely fair. Yeah. In my opinion, though, the crew should always have a yellow a black, and either another third gray or white, but Adidas won't give us third kits. Yeah, we don't need a gray. But I like kit. it. I think we should wear black shorts with it, and it'll look amazing. No, see, that is literally what I was about to say. You can't be more wrong about this kit than you are right now. The only saving grace of this kit, period, is that there's yellow shorts. That is the only saving grace. So No, you got to do yellow socks, black shorts. No, no, see, because we are Maybe the... I'll- I'm supposed to review all the um, Eastern Conference kids for the site, and I haven't done it yet. So well, I maybe don't want I'll to talk be able to do that, that anymore. Well, I'm going to talk about the other rest of the conferences kids. Um, all right, so before we go, let's get into a breakdown of every kit. And every- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. The best one this year is the LA Galaxy's new one. I appreciate you coming on. Isn't it a throwback jersey, like a, a kind of color scheme? for? I did mm-hmm. like that one a lot. I did – See, it's kind of cool what you do, what you can do with colors when you put a color on a kit besides white and gray. So it's interesting that uh, you like such a cool kit and such a bad kit. But I said I wanted to go short, and I will say every time I've ever said that in the history of this podcast, I go an hour or longer. So sure enough, that's what we did here today. But I'm just excited to talk soccer again. We had a lot to talk about, and and I think we, I think we did a pretty okay job covering it. We we got. I mean, we got MLS Cup predictions out of the way with this. So, so Drew, it's always awesome having you on. Before we get out of here, why don't you tell these people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at DrewbleDrew, or you can find me on Massive Report whenever I get around to writing an article about the Eastern Conference's kits. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. You can, find, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Atkins SC. I have been so inactive, it's not even funny, but – uh, crew season's here, so I'm going to start tweeting again. The show you can find at Crew Review Pod. If you like what we're doing, and, and I've had a lot of awesome, awesome fans of the podcast reach out and, and talk about the pod and, and how much they're enjoying it. So if you do, just, just do me uh, the favor of just rating, reviewing it, and subscribing to it. It means a lot. Uh, it, it's, it's a labor of love. You know, I'm not – Master Report's not sending me those big bonus checks for doing it. It's just something – I uh, I really enjoy doing and I really enjoy connecting with the other writers at Massive Report because you might not know this but uh, even before Drew was half vaccinated we don't go to some office and hang out together so uh, through this podcast I've been able to meet you guys and talk to you guys a lot more than I ever have through uh, through just writing so it, it's been fun to do but definitely just you know help us out give us a give us a rate review and a subscribe and. For all your crew news updates, analysis, you can go to MassiveReport.com, where every great once in a while I write something. Uh, Drew writes a lot more than me. He puts me to shame. I'm telling you, I set the bar real low, Drew. So I saw you give a look. I wonder Pat still likes me. (laughs) At least I think he does. Who knows what Pat likes? I don't even even think – can I tell you a secret? I'm going to whisper it so nobody hears I don't even know that Pat likes soccer, man. I don't know what Pat likes. That's a Man United fan. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he likes Actually, soccer. That's a fair point. He might, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, wow, man. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, crew news, updates, analysis, go to MassiveReport.com. You can follow them on Twitter, at MassiveReport. And, uh, man, thank you for being here. This was a good time. Of course, anytime. Or like last year, anytime Nashville plays. Yes, exactly. Uh, as for everybody else, uh, just 
like I said, for the CCL matches, we will back, be back after leg two to do a, a just general uh, review of both rounds. But we will be back right after the Philly game. We'll be recording. And the guest, I'm going to give it away right now, it is the winner of the first ever Crew Legends Fantasy Draft, none other than Adam Miller. So make sure to come back for that. But glory to Columbus. Go crew, and we will see you next time when we review 